Welcome to the Happy Healthy Mom podcast, the podcast that's all about empowering you to be the wellness CEO for yourself and your family. I'm Bree, the wife, mom, registered nurse, and certified health coach who is passionate about helping you gain the knowledge, tools, and support you need to feel empowered and in control of the health and wellness of yourself and your loved ones. Get ready to trust your instincts, take charge of your wellness because you know what's best. The information in this podcast is not intended to heal, treat, or cure. It's not intended as medical advice or to replace an individual relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. Please continue visiting with and being treated by your primary care physician or healthcare provider. Before my husband and I had our daughter, I remember that we often thought our kid will never have a temper tantrum. We would hear kids screaming or see them flailing about when we were at restaurants or stores, and we literally said to each other, our kid won't do that. (laughs) Now that our daughter is nine, we can look back and say that temper tantrums were definitely a rare occurrence for us, or for her, really. There are many things that contributed to the fact that our daughter never really had meltdowns, which are our parenting, her natural temperament, what we feed her, and that we have majorly reduced how many toxins she's exposed to. Most parents don't realize that temper tantrums are preventable for the most part. There are definitely exceptions, but those exceptions are rare, like developmental delays, for example. Temper tantrums can be a learned behavior. As a psych nurse for almost 10 years, I noticed that a lot of kids figure out early on that they'll get their way or get attention if they throw a fit, even if they get negative attention, like a parent yelling at them to be quiet, it's still a form of attention. The do's and don'ts of how to parent to raise kids that don't have temper tantrums is a whole other ball of wax, which is not my area of expertise and not something I'm going into today. What I would like to talk about today is the kids whose body is not capable of functioning properly, which is why they're not able to control their emotions. And again, there can be many reasons for this, like birth defects, developmental delays, a lack of communication skills, etc. While there are so many ways to help all kids communicate effectively and reduce their temper tantrums, I'm going to give tips um, that have to do with diet and toxins. That is my area of expertise and something I really love talking about. A lot of people that I come across still view few food as a way to fill our bellies, comfort ourselves, reward ourselves, or for the taste. Food's number one purpose is to give our body what it needs to function properly. And when we focus on using food in that way, our eating habits typically change significantly. It goes from, you know, I want that because I love the taste of it or because I deserve it or because I had a bad day because I had a good day to I'm going to eat that because I know that my body needs that and I wanna be healthy today, I wanna be healthy in 40 years, so I'm going to eat the healthier options instead. If we're eating nutrient um, deficient foods and overloading our body with toxins from the everyday products we use, 
how can we really expect our body or our kid's body to run at its optimal level? Here's what you can do. Start to do today to improve your kid's mood and behavior. And I'm going to start probably with one of the most difficult things um, because I really feel like it's the top game changer, one of the most important things that we can do for our kids and for ourselves, and that is to reduce the amount of sugar they eat. Most kids today are getting way too much sugar. Sugar sends our emotions on a crazy roller coaster ride. We get a high after we eat sugar and then we crash. So we eat more sugar to get that high again, then we crash again on and on and on and on. And those crashes are when we typically experience mood swings, tantrums, and meltdowns, even adults. <laughs> or when we crave sugar, we all have meltdowns without our fix. You know, science has proved really beyond a doubt that sugar is worse than drugs like cocaine. Sugar is one of the biggest toxins that we're taking in. It's in everything, it's cheap, and we're giving way too much of it to our kids without knowing it. And I actually have a post um, that goes through 10 places where sugar is hiding. There's so many foods and drinks that have sugar in them and we don't realize it. So being aware is definitely the first step. So I'll link to that in the show notes. Sugar intake leads to nutrient deficiency because there aren't any nutrients in sugar and it actually binds to the nutrients we do have in our body and pulls them out. It spikes our blood sugar which we know is one of like the most unhealthy things that happens in our body is our blood sugar spiking over and over and over again. And sugar contributes to poor gut health. When we're nutrient deficient, our body isn't getting its basic needs met and it just cannot function properly. No amount of discipline, parenting tips, therapists, etc., will help if nutrient deficiency and too much sugar is the issue. To give you a very clear idea of the maximum amount of sugar that your child should be getting in a day, it's 11 grams of added sugar for a middle-aged child. I always recommend less sugar for a younger or smaller child, and a teenager can have closer to the adult amount of um, added sugar for the day, which for an adult woman is 25 grams, and for an adult man is 36 grams. So be sure you're looking at labels now. There, I feel like there's a lot of confusion out there what is included when we use the word sugar. So it includes everything except fruit. <laughs> sugar includes refined sugar, raw sugar, juice, honey, and syrup. So make sure you're looking at the labels and really adding up how much sugar you and your family are consuming just to start to get an idea and then work to reduce it. This episode is brought to you by my free guide of 101 non-toxic household items. Yep, 101. I counted and recounted. It's so important to do the work to reduce the amount of toxins we're exposed to because toxins are everywhere. Some research suggests that the air in our homes is more toxic than the air outside due to toxins. So instead of spending years researching and testing different products, 
click the link in the show notes to snag this free guide. You know I love to make things easy for you, so I've done all the work for you. This guide has non-toxic options for makeup, skincare, cleaning products, furniture, food, cookware, food storage, and more. Again, the link to get your free guide with 101 non-toxic household items is in the show notes of this podcast episode. You can also DM me on Instagram at hippydippymom for the link or any questions. Let's get back to the episode. The next thing is to improve your kids' gut health. I talk all about the link between our gut and our brain in an older podcast episode, which I will link to, but there is a very clear connection between our gut health and our mood and our behavior. In a nutshell, our serotonin and our immune system start in our gut. We can also be nutrient deficient and inflamed if our gut health isn't that great. So you can be eating the best, cleanest diet out there, but if you have leaky gut, you're not absorbing the nutrients that you're taking in and it creates inflammation throughout your body. And what leads to poor gut health? Um, I'd say the two biggest culprits are sugar and antibiotics, whether it's a prescribed um, round of antibiotics or you're getting it through your food and water. And I talk about how you can begin to recover from antibiotics in um, a blog post on hippydippymom.com and an old podcast that I will link to. And those darn toxins like pesticides, herbicides, fragrance that we're getting too much of every single day can also destroy our gut health. The next tip to help um, improve your kids' mood and behavior is to reduce their toxic burden. It's really frightening how many thousands of harmful chemicals we're exposed to every single day. And these chemicals are linked to things like a weak immune system, respiratory issues, skin issues, cancers, infertility, mental health disorders, and really just every single disease or illness that we see out there now. Some simple ways you can really significantly reduce your family's exposure to these harmful toxins is to eat organic, avoid fragrance, and go outside where the air is likely way less toxic than the air in your home. I have more tips on how to reduce household toxins in one of my original, like very first blog posts, so I'll link to that. And then I also put together a free guide with 101, and yes, I counted, 101 non-toxic household items here. I have spent years researching all things toxins and what really is toxic, what really isn't, testing products that are non-toxic and just kind of finding the best ones. And so I wanted to cut down on your work, so that's why I created the free guide. I'll link to that in the show show notes too. The next thing is to use essential oils. Essential oils have been shown to alter our mood within seconds. Essential oils are a must in my house, but a lot of essential oils out there these days are nothing but that toxic fragrance that I mentioned, and those fake essential oils will definitely not help your situation or health. I share how to know that you're getting real essential oils in a podcast um, episode that I'll link to. Um, In a nutshell, 
you really want to do research and make sure that the company that you're using does as many third-party tests as possible. And the easiest way to begin using essential oils with kids around is to diffuse them. The next tip, and I don't think this is something that's often really talked about or thought about when it comes to our kids, but that's to make sure that they're getting good sleep. If we're tired, kids and adults alike are definitely going to have mood swings. We're going to be cranky because we're tired. And fatigue can be the result, of course, of poor sleep, but also be the result of too much sugar, nutrient deficiency, consuming grains, poor gut health, toxin overload, and more. So following through with all the tips um, that I mentioned already will help to improve your kiddo's sleep. I also have many tips that will help you and your kid start to sleep better in um, a blog post that I have and will link to. So to kind of put it all together and wrap it up nicely, um, what we want to be doing to reduce temper tantrums and mood swings and to improve just overall our kids' mood and behavior is to reduce the amount of sugar that they're taking in. We want to really be feeding them nutrient-dense foods, good quality supplements, making sure that they have a healthy fat at every single meal. Healthy fats are so important for our brain health and our mood. We want to be working to improve their gut health, reduce their toxins, squeeze some essential oils in there. Everybody will benefit. Make sure that they're getting good sleep as well. So make sure that you take a screenshot of you listening to this episode, share it, and then tag me at Hippy Dippy Mom. And let me know too which of these tips you're going to start with in improving your kids' mood and behavior. And also let me know the changes that you start to notice with your kids' behavior. It is seriously amazing. That's it for today, friends. Take care.